Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode 1, part 2, a tribute to Ray Hanish. I am going to be reading a write-up done by Melinda to explain this episode. Please go back and listen to part 1 for more details. These two episodes coincide and you really won't understand part 2 without listening to part 1. From Melinda, quote, Here are my feelings. Charles Ray Hanish was born on June 11, 1969. He was a man of impeccable character who acted honestly and lived with conviction. When he loved, he did so without reservation and he treated everyone, even strangers, like family. His spirit could warm the coldest of hearts and his humor could make you burst at the seams with belly laughs. He was vibrant, compassionate, dedicated, and kind. Anyone who knew him was better because of it. People like Ray are hard to come by, and when they leave, our world feels their absence. Sadly, Ray's life was taken from him on March 13th of 2019 at the hands of Garrett Kurtz. And as time has passed, we are left with far more questions than answers. Kurtz confessed to killing Ray through means of strangulation, but claimed it was an accident. This is nearly impossible to believe once you take into consideration the circumstances. Prior to Ray's death, Kurtz was charged with strangling his then-girlfriend, Ashley Garth. And just weeks after Ray's death, Kurtz was charged with murder for strangling Nicole Bowen, a 30-year-old mother of two. This poses the question, what are the odds that Kurtz killed two people within weeks of each other, both through strangulation, but one was a murder and the other an accident? Furthermore, if Ray's death was an accident, then why didn't Kurtz call 911? Instead, he robbed Ray of his possessions and left him deceased in his apartment for four days before his body was discovered. To this day, no charges have been filed in Ray's case. The way law enforcement has handled the investigation into his death is unsatisfactory to say the least. His case seems to have been pushed to the wayside and largely ignored, as the family waits with an abundance of questions. There was no press related to his death, and the only articles that have been written were done so thanks to the efforts of those in this Facebook community. We can't help but wonder why. Ray was a gay man who lived fearlessly and embraced who he was with pride, but it is no secret that the world is ripe with inequality, and unfortunately, discrimination does take place within the criminal justice system, especially towards members of the LGBTQ community. We cannot say with certainty that this is the reason his case has been handled poorly, but it would be naive to deny the possibility. The purpose behind this Facebook page is to provide justice for Ray. He had an entire life ahead of him with so many more people to comfort, so many more passions to discover, so many more joys to be shared, and so many more days to be loved. Although we can never recover the friend we lost, we can do everything in our power to make sure those responsible are held accountable. And throughout the process, maybe we can lend each other the support we need, share some of our most cherished stories, and remember the beautiful soul that was Ray Hanish. Unquote. Now we will be hearing from Ray's family as they describe Charles Ray Hanish. Dottie, his mother, Sean, his cousin, Roxanne, his sister, and share his sister as well. You know, he was just, I don't know. I, I, he was six years old, and he said, 
Mom, I'm really worried. I'm like, honey, what can you have to be worried about? He said, everything's so expensive. How am I going to feed my family when I grow up? <laughs> At six years old. Aww. And and I told the story about, you know, with Jenny. He mm-hmm. would stand just a step behind her and just like with his thumb and his forefinger, you know, his pointer finger, he would just hold her collar or the shoulder of her jacket or shirt or whatever she had on. From where I was standing, it looked like she probably couldn't even tell that he had a hold of her, but he just wanted to be ready because mm-hmm. we lived on a highway. Should the bus not stop or car, you know, he just was ready to try to help her. And that's been him since he was maybe like eight years old at the time. It's just he's always been that way, always. Aww. It was in his soul to look out for other people. He and Jenny were so close. I mean, brothers and sisters are. There's that family bond. But, oh, my gosh, one breathed in and the other breathed out. I mean, they were just, like, so close growing up. And even, I mean, when Jenny died, I, it was almost, I don't know how much he kept saying, I, I missed her. I, I missed my sis. He did. It, it took part of him with them when she died. And he was living with us at the time. So he and I, when we got the call, she was at the hospital already, and we headed to the hospital. The chaplain met us, and we're just like, he knew. So he's just always been the compassionate, caring person. And yeah. he, he would tell me, he said, Mom, kids at school would call me gay, and I didn't even know what gay was. But, you know, he took a lot of flack back then about being gay. And he said, I don't know, he was just born, you know, caring about people and other people. and if they were okay, making sure they were they were okay. We thought he was going to, like, go into cooking because he would cook for a local restaurant. And then he cooked at one in uh, Merrillville at a mall. Great cook, but that wasn't his passion. He he wanted to go into nursing. Yeah. He, he knew what his passion was. And anybody that, and this isn't just since this happened. I mean, through the years, he got letters from people who he had taken care of their parents or he um, he did the in-home health care, and uh, one woman, after he'd moved out to live with us, contacted him because he had taken care of her son, who was totally disabled. And she said, would you be a private nurse? We'll pay you out of pocket, and you can even stay here if you want and eat here. You won't have expenses. She said, our son was never as happy and thrived the way he did when you cared for him. And, I mean, he just got, you know, cards in the mail and thanking him for, you know, taking such good care of their dad or their mom or their child. He just had it in him. And it always made me so proud to see that because we always break up our kids. But, you know, he had backup with all the letters, cards and notes and things from people. He cared about his patients. It wasn't just a job and a paycheck for him. He truly cared. I know he told me there at the veterans home, they would, he would called him Mr., you know, and the one guy said, my name is, I don't know, Robert. And he said, I know. And he'd say, you call me Robert. And he said, sir, you deserve the honor of being called Mr. And he said, but he showed them respect, not just the health care, but respect personally. It was, it was who he was. And, you know, I said, I've got a few things from people who'd worked with him. And one woman who had uh, actually taken care of him when he had his after his triple bypass, and then when he had the other surgery for the infection, a couple of times she sent me a message that Roy was just such an awesome guy, and I hear it all the time. And then it just kills me to think that guy 
thought he was part of that crowd. That is so far from what he was. And then I thought, am I just kidding myself? Did he not having friends and anybody down in that area? Did he just kind of slide into the wrong crowd? No, but that's not who he was. That's for sure. But, I mean, Ray had even taken, he had a three-bedroom rental there that he had in Monticello. And he took the third bedroom and made it into a playroom for that guy's little girl. But uh-huh. he just, you know, he was just good to people. Was Ray kind of a fixer? I know he liked to help people. But uh-huh. did he feel this need to fix downtrodden or? Um, I, I don't think as much as Jenny. But Ray was more of just the helper. Helper, yeah, yeah, to help people through their tough time, whether it was financial or medical or whatever, he wanted to help people. He also seems pretty funny and quirky, carefree side, lighthearted. I didn't see that much of that in Ray. He was always depressed and down on himself because of his weight. His friends, they posted and things he did and said, but I didn't see that side of him. He was always just Ray to me where he wasn't joking around. And uh, so Jenny was more the outgoing, quirky one. Ray was kind of more, you know, reserved, like he didn't want people to notice him. And But that was during all of his weight, you know, life. And I think he changed a lot after he lost the weight, felt more confident. And you know, what kills me so much is he's like, Mom, I am so happy. He said, finally, in my life, I'm me. I'm who I want to be. And I, I love my life. And that was just like months before he was killed. And I thought, just when he was happy, just when his life became his life and it was taken from him. So I never saw the the funny, quirky side of him. That's, you know, that's who he was with others, but not so much around me. You were probably the person that he knew he could be real with and talk Um, about the things that he felt he needed to keep from other people. You lost Jenny how long before Ray? Yeah, it was in July of 16, and then I lost John in uh, April. In fact, April 14th will be the anniversary again, three-year anniversary. And uh, then Ray. So he was, you know, he was always worried about me and he didn't want to take care of me. He wanted me to live with him. I'm like, Ray, I, I like my independence. I like being being my own person. He always worried about me. I think that's why he called me so much. <laughs> he made yeah. sure I was okay three times a week at least. We would text or call. He was more the compassionate, the caring, the helping one. Jenny was more the goofball, cut up, carry on kind of girl. As brother and sister, they were probably a good match because separate personalities like that yeah although he might have he might have been funny like that with with jenny and his friends probably would have stories you know about him he went to vegas there's pictures of him with it they called themselves the three musketeers but there were four of them (laughs) but but they were together over 30 years and i mean they went to vegas together every weekend they were together they didn't do anything alone they all did it together i mean they'd go Mm -hmm. to flea markets and they'd go to the little town festivals and Valparaiso has a popcorn festival because Orville Redenbacher had his popcorn factory there and and they did everything together I mean those three and they included me a lot when I lived up in the area and said come on go with us I went to a lot of I went to a lot of stuff with them friends for that long I mean that says a lot about Ray right there yeah they were from looking through all that is available to the public right now and what 
Robert Guy did say, we're going to have to see what happens with Nicole. I am wondering if maybe they feel like they have more. That's what my son-in-law said, you know, they, they probably got some information they just don't want public yet. Yeah. I know people say, well, if I was you, I'd have been doing this, and if I was you, I'd have been doing that. And like, you know what, until you're in my shoes, you don't know what you're going to do. And even if you was to be in my shoes, nobody handles it the same way. It's not a, there's not a course on what to do. There isn't. You know? I think and you're doing a great job. I mean, when you speak uh, and when you write, it's very powerful and moving. And it, I think you have a lot more fortitude than you give yourself credit for. And you're very smart and you're wise. Well, I, I don't know about that. Sometimes I feel like I'm missing the ball somewhere. but No, I don't think so. I think you're right on it. I think you need to just keep doing what you're doing. But then again, you know, they're required to do their job without bias. Just like with the Pledge of Allegiance, justice for all. It's, it's not true. No, it's not. It's justice it's not for some. Different story, you know, when you're facing it. Keeping the word out there and mm -hmm. somewhere we just might hit that one person hasn't come forward or like you said they might know something they don't think is important but everything is important if ray touched your life in any kind of a way please do this for him he did not deserve what happened to him all we want is answers and if you know just something that you, you may not even think it's significant at all but it could be just reach out tell us what it is my name is Sean, and I'm Ray's cousin. And so we had a pretty good relationship because he was letting me stay at his house a couple days a week for work because it saved me a good hour of driving. Probably a little too trusting of most people, but it was probably his only fault that I came close. Other than that, he was good and tried to open his heart home to everybody that he could, strangers, family, friends alike. We'd sit there and chat on the nights I was there and, you know, just have a good time waiting until it got too late. How much older was Ray than yourself? Six or seven years, not that much. You know, most of us in my family are within six to seven years of each other. I mean, we do have a couple that are a little older and a few that are a little younger. But other than that, most of the cousins are all about the same age range. What was Ray like growing up? Same as he was. You know, always good. Tried to be good to people. Trusting. Good natured all around. If you were in a situation where you needed somebody... Was he one of the people you knew you could call to count on him? Yeah, he was one that you could count on. Growing up, you know, I was around him. So, you know, I, I would say everything was special. You know, we were always a close-knit family growing up and tried to stay in touch as we all got older. But, you know, his life's taking in different places and different parts. And him living close to where I work helped us reconnect. Yeah. More than we did before and. You know, like I said, we'd hang out, go out to eat, and just had a really good time. And, you, and he enjoyed cooking, did you as well? Uh, I enjoy cooking, but, you know, he always would usually, a lot of times, would have it almost ready by the time I got to his house. Because he would, you know, on the days he was off, he was up most of the day, so that's just what he did. He would cook you guys a big meal to eat? Yeah. Aw. Unless I told him the night before that I was going to either order something or... Was he sarcastic, funny? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What were some of his hobbies? Like, what did, besides cooking, what did he like to do? He liked to go out 
and go to the clubs and dance. That was one of his big things that he really liked to do. But we never did go to the clubs because he knew I wasn't a big club bar person. We talked about it for, you know, if I stayed on a Friday or something Uh just to hang out, but never got around to it. That stinks. Yeah. There was some videos and I think it might be another cousin of yours that she had shared. And I don't know, he just struck me as just kind of like a fun-loving... Oh, he definitely was. He loved to have a good time and party with everybody, I guess. Did you notice a big change in him after he had lost all that weight? He's a lot happier. You know, I we had talked about that because most people in our family are bigger. He was a lot happier being skinny than when he was overweight. All right. And I really appreciate you talking to me. And I'm sorry for your loss. And I hate even saying it because it's not yeah. good enough. I, I know what you're saying. I am Ray's sister. What is the difference in your guys' age range? How much older? Six years older. Were you guys close when you were growing up? I would say for the age difference, yeah. I had to babysit them a lot, him and my youngest sister. So my mom worked a lot. I mean, watching them and then as he got older, yeah, we grew closer. Do you have any memories of him when he was a kid that really kind of stand out? Yeah, he was always a fun little kid. I mean, watching him as he was growing up. I can remember one time as a little boy, he got into the into the flower, oh. <laughs> and he had real blonde hair as a little boy, and uh, he, all you could see was this blonde hair on top and his big brown eyes, just the big brown eyes, and everything was just, from head to toe, he was white. <laughs> and he was, I don't even remember where we were going, he was wearing a blue velvet vest, um, oh, wow. like a suit vest. That sounds fancy. Yeah, and he was just, just covered in head to toe with flowers. He looked like a like a little ghost. Probably a mess to clean up. Uh, uh, yeah. What was his style like? Did he have like a unique way he liked to dress? He did like to wear vests I through school, I remember. I mean, I can say... I remember some of him in school, but at, at 18, I moved out. I mean, I got married and moved out and had kids. You know, he was still quite young. I mean, he liked to, I, I don't want to say dress up. He liked to dress nice. He didn't dress tacky. He had his, his I don't want to say his own style because, uh, you know, obviously other other men dress like him. But he just, he lo- he liked to look nice. Do you have memories with him when you guys were adults? yeah. I mean, as, as now as teenagers growing up, of course, we had a, the cottage on the lake. So I have lots of memories of us fishing, swimming, oh. um, going out on the boat as adults. As I now, when I went through my divorce, Ray and Jenny both babysat for me a lot. Um, so I have memories of him as, as a teen. Um, they spent a lot of time with me. And then as he got older, you know, of course, after he turned 21 and growing, you know, we'd go out. Ray loved to dance. We, yeah. You know, he liked to have a good time. I'd say off and on. I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time together all the time, but there would be periods where, you know, it might be a couple of months and we would go out on the weekends and then we'd go through a phase where we didn't see each other, you know, for a few months. Unless it was at, we always had family get-togethers. We would always see each other there, but on a one-to-one basis going out, it wasn't all the time. And then we'd have a phase where him and his friends would go out. I'd happen to run into him at the same bar. And then we'd be like, let's go out next weekend. And so then we'd go out. Aw. Was he adventurous? I, You know, I, I wouldn't say no. I mean, he had his group of friends that he liked to run with. They would go out and do things. Go out and 
try new bars or go out and go, you know, go to different things. If you want to call that adventurous, they might go to a different city and say, oh, this bar looks fun. Let's stop here. But as far as going out and bungee jumping or going out and something (laughs) like that, you know, no, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything like that. Was he a jokester? No, he was. I mean, he, he loved to joke. He loved to horse around. He loved to laugh and giggle and did he ever play um, any pranks on you? As a kid, yeah. As he got older, no. What was some of those pranks? He'd go outside, and he, especially when I'd be watching, he'd go outside and they'd look in the window and like to scare me. <laughs> uh, or he'd hide behind the couch, and I'd come in with a bowl of popcorn, and he'd jump out from behind the couch. Did you make him clean it up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, I, it was like he always had everybody else. He always put everyone else first. You know, it it was always, um, what can I do for you? You know, what can I get you? And he always, when he got older and got his, he would be the first one to say, let me host the party. Let me have Christmas. Let me have Thanksgiving. Let me have the get together. Like, I mean, he just, he loved to entertain. You know, he loved to host parties and have the get togethers or in the summer he would like, you know, he would have a get together at his house for friends. And then he would just tell us, you know, I'm having a party at my house. Come out, meet my friends, you know, have some drinks, have fun. That was right. Whether it was a big meal or just, you know, finger sandwiches or whatever. He just, he just enjoyed doing it. You described his style as just neat and put together. And is that how he was with his house and his car? Yeah. He, and he was, he loved antiques. Oh, cool. He had his own style. He was, what's that word? Eclectic. One thing was he had candle pillars that were like dragons, but like the dragons with the wings. And then he would have Buddhas, Buddha statue, Buddha statues. Yeah. On the next one, you know, on the next show for the, you know, you know, a Buddha lamp that would do the, you know, that had the electricity ball in his hands on top of his head. So he just, he just had his own unique style. But his home was pretty organized. Oh, yeah. It just, everything was neat and tidy. He, especially, especially if he knew he was having somebody come over. Yeah. You know, he would, like right before he passed, before he was killed, he had called my mom. Or when mom talked to him, I don't know if he, I can't remember if he called her or she called him. He said he was busting his butt clean in his house. You know, he was going to have friends over that night. Spring cleaning, washing walls and cleaning and, and organizing and hanging pictures on the walls. And he had rearranged his computer room. It's just he was, you know, and when, of course, when we got there, everything except for the mess the people made that killed him. Mm-hmm. The mess that was in the dining, in the living room and the kitchen, everything in the, the spare bedroom, the computer room, all the, all his clothes were folded neat and tidy in the closet, up on the shelf, all towels and everything in the bathroom, underneath the cabinet, the bathroom cabinet, everything was just organized and neat and tidy in there. I think what you brought up of just the difference in where you could tell a difference from your brother to not your brother. Right. And that's what alarmed you, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I knew from when we, well, the minute we walked in there when we walked in the front door and seen the mess there it was just like something something went on here mm-hmm. it wasn't natural causes i knew from the minute they told us or they said because they at first told us and when i walked in there i knew i just told my mom i said i just know something happened here well and i'm assuming just something that isn't right you would notice an empty space where a tv was yeah right yeah. he didn't smoke in his house right no not at all even if he was allowed to, he wouldn't have because he didn't want his things smelling like cigarette smoke. Did he have a little area outside that he smoked? Yeah, he sat on his uh, front porch. 
In fact, it was a little antique bowl. It was a little, um, I think it was a goldish color, like a, I think it was iron, like a cast iron. So even um, his ashtray was eclectic. Yeah. I just wished everybody could know him like we did so they could understand. I mean, of course, everybody wants justice for a family member that's been murdered. You know, their life has been taken. But just the senselessness of this, because he was so giving. You know, he wore his heart on his sleeve. Anybody that asked for anything, he would have said, here, you know, take this and then then turn around and give him more. You know, that there was no reason for anybody to harm him in any way for any reason. For them to come in and, and do what they did to him is just... I don't, it's just beyond my grasp. Even, even if it wasn't my brother and I heard this story or read this story, it would be beyond my comprehension that somebody could do this to a human being. Absolutely. And that's how it was for me. I didn't know Ray before this. And I'll tell you what, you guys have really done an excellent job of letting everyone know who Ray was. And the way that you all handle yourself with such honor and respect. It's a reflection of Ray. Just the group alone that there's a thousand people in it and there isn't what you see in other groups of just drama and nastiness. And I think Ray has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Because you guys have done such a good job of letting people know who he was. And the last thing he would want, as he said it in his Facebook about me, is anyone bullied. Right. Do you remember any instances where he stood up to a bully or was bullied himself he was bullied but he never he wasn't in school he was an introvert he never really stood up for himself until after he was comfortable with himself many years later Mm -hmm. when he when he fully accepted who he was and wasn't afraid to stand up and admit it he accepted himself it's it's weird, I, and most people, unless they're in those shoes, can understand it. You can accept who you are, but not stand up for yourself. When not everybody that you love accepts it, it's still hard. Yeah. So he accepted himself, but he still struggled with it until he became much older because he was still bullied in school. Even though he accepted himself, he was bullied in school. Yeah. And just in order to get through school without the headache and the harassment and the hassle, he just did his did his work and did what he had to do to get through it and get out. We're talking about this because of his uh, sexual preference and right. living in the area that you guys lived in. Right. And in the Ray was forty nine, so back then was it something that was still very taboo? Yes. Yes. And even still. Indiana is a very, very racist, I think, community, especially up in the area where we lived. Northwest Indiana is very, and it's strange because being so close to Chicago, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's strange for them to be that racist and bigoted. And then when you get into those small little redneck communities, it's even worse. They're very tight, very cliquish, very just good old country boys, you know? Yeah. Close minded. Very, very. And scared of what they don't understand. Exactly. Scared that if they accept it, people are going to think less of them. Yeah, I see that a lot. Do you you think that that played a role into Ray's death, his homosexuality? I, I personally, I do. I think it had a lot to do with it. I think the area he was in was so afraid of 
what Ray was that they just, I even think the investigation was botched because of it. They mm. just want to sweep it under the rug. I'm not saying it is, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just can't help but feel that way because of who Ray was and because of every way that this this has went. Now, it, it may be, I may be totally off the wall here, but... Yeah, there's just so much we don't know, and we don't know right. we don't know what they're doing, and we don't know what they know, and we don't even know because if they don't they're, tell us anything. Mm-hmm, and we don't even know if they're telling the truth on what they do tell you, because they they right. don't have to. Right. And sometimes that is with your kids growing up. You know, when your kids are little, and there's things that you are doing because it benefits them, but you can't tell them. Right. And then you've got, and that is where I'm trying to have hope for Ray, is that there's more going on than we know, just kind of like that kid that, that you have to protect because they're not old enough to deal with something or capable, or it could, and in this case, it can mess things up. I just pray that is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And right now, just it's hard because we don't know. What's that like for you this past year of just, I know you heard the, the episode with Cheryl where it changes who I am. I, I'm anxious as soon as a court date comes up, just wanting it to be done. It does. When we, when we lost my sister, I changed. It changed me. Mm-hmm. And she passed of a heart attack, if you will, an embolism. But it changed me. She was my youngest sister, my baby sister, 45 years old. Mm. Okay. And then we lost her in July of 16, turned around in April of 17 and lost my stepfather, who was like my father. He's raised me since I was three years old. Mm. And that was hard. But he had lived a good life. He was 81. Yeah. Okay. My sister was 45. Sudden. Mm. Never expected it. And then turn around. And in between there, we had lost my aunt and my uncle. But they were both, by any means... Am I downing their death? Oh, you no, know, yeah. it, it was it was hard. They were both. Our family was close. We did family gatherings. We, you know, we we all got together. We did Fourth of Julys and picnics and you know everything. Mm-hmm. But in between there, we lost my mom's youngest sister and a brother that was younger than her. Mm. That was hard. Yeah. But then come March, when we lost Ray and. Found out it was a murder. Our whole world was erupted. I mean, just, I've changed. I am not the same person I used to be. I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just forever changed. Yeah. My heart's not the same. My thoughts aren't the same. My faith isn't the same. Life isn't the same. It's, Sometimes it's hard to get through every day. Yeah, it's a lot of loss. And then all that you've had to go through this year. And then to sit and think that they still haven't even charged the kid responsible for his death is just, it's just insane. Mm -hmm. You know, what they did to him alone was enough. And to leave him sit for four days to basically rot in his home. And they still haven't charged anybody with his death is beyond comprehension, is beyond anything I've ever, 
I mean, anything I've ever even seen in a damn movie. Yeah. You don't not charge somebody that has admitted to killing someone. Mm-hmm. This makes it all that more that unresolved. We're just living in a limbo of what do we do? Are we doing enough? Are we doing too much? Should we say this? Should we not? You know, you're just probably just constantly anxious and yeah. thinking. Yeah. What would be your goals? What would be the best case scenario with this podcast and the group and everything else? What would you like to see happen? For one, I just wanted everybody to know how much we appreciate them, their support, and continue mm-hmm. with their support on the group being there for us. They have they have no idea how much it's it's helped, how much it does help us, yeah. knowing that they're there. Secondly, I guess, or maybe first and foremost, that I just I want justice. I want justice for my brother. I want to see the person or persons responsible pay for what they did even even if it's what they claim just reckless homicide that still carries a four to six year jail term i want to see that added on yeah to whatever time he gets for the other murder he committed yeah and it's not it's not asking too much i want my brother's life to have mattered and show that he his life matters that he's not just some Joe Schmo, who died and swept under the rug like he didn't, his life didn't mean anything. That is very understandable. Yeah. Because he did. Mm-hmm. He cared for every, for every person he ever came in contact with, and he deserves more than what he is getting right now. Well, I think you just did a great job. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, you can't do a bad job when you're describing him. You really can't. My name's Cher Prentice. I uh, am Ray's older sister. Ray uh, was such a loving person, even from when he was little. Yeah. He never had a mean word to say about anybody. He'd give anybody the shirt off his back. Just goes back to why. You know, he would have given him his stuff. Why take his life for it? Do you believe that's why he was killed? Yeah, I do. Kurt's saying it's an accident. No, an accident. You don't, you know, leave somebody for dead. You call 911. Try and save them. That's very true. Growing up, were you and Ray around the same age, like enough to where you grew up? Together, no, or? he no, he was eight years younger than me. So I babysat him and our sister Jen a lot. My mom worked, and uh, they were quite the couple. Those two, they would just cut up, and they their hearts beat as one. I mean, one would say something, and the other one would finish the sentence. So Ray took that really hard, but he was finally coming to peace with it, and he was so happy and finally getting his life to where he wanted it to be. When they were little, like I said, I babysat them a lot. I'll never forget the time they were running through the house like little banshees. So I took my slipper off and was chasing them through the house with my slipper. (laughs) I was going to beat their butts with my slipper. And years had passed and they just giggle at that. Thought that was so funny. (laughs) Yeah. That's cute. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it wasn't at the time, but looking (laughs) back, you know, you have to laugh. It's like you little stinkers. 
as you guys got older, did you guys have more of a friendship relationship? Yeah, yeah. We had both fallen on hard times at one time and both ended up living with our sister Roxanne for a while. Yeah, we became very close. You know, we kind of leaned on each other, both going through hard times, depended on each other. And he, you know, really helped me through tough times. When uh, he had moved to Valpo then after that, and I was going to college at Ivy Tech, I would stay with him several days because it was a shorter commute back and forth to school. Like I said, we just, we become really close as we got older. When was 2011, maybe, I want to say, right around there, 2012, yeah probably common to you guys but not even a lot of families really do that i think it's really great and it shows just who you guys are he had a big heart and if you guys needed it you stayed with your sister or you stayed with him or whatever anyone needed right what's so upsetting for me this whole case is that that's how i i feel like his trusting nature his love for people and helping people took advantage of it yeah it led to his death that just breaks my heart right did you guys guys go out together what did one valentine's day we didn't have a neither of us had a date we were each other's valentines Uh and we went out dancing and you know had a few drinks and oh we just had a blast he would bring that up off remember that time i'm like yeah uh uh-huh probably so many memories it's but i do appreciate those it's incredible the way you guys work together i'm in awe i think it's great Thank you for listening to part two of the tribute episode for Ray Hanish. Again, please go back and listen to part one, tribute to Nicole Bowen, because next we are going to dig into the cases of Nicole Lynn Bowen and Charles Ray Hanish. And I really want to honor them and for you to understand who they are in this first two-part episode. And thank you to all of the family members and friends that have been willing to talk about their loved one. You guys really are truly remarkable. The way these two cases intertwine is inspiring, but it's also tragic. To find out what that means, download, follow, and hit that star for the next episode of Cold Truth.